Welcome to Talking Giants, presented by SeatGeek. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick. And the New York Giants have traded for Isaiah Simmons. They traded a seventh-round pick for the 2020 top 10 pick. The guy who a lot of people said we should take over Andrew Thomas. Hashtag, we were right. Um, is a New York Giant. Like, an amazing athlete. Kind of this, put him all over the field, but find a spot for him. Justin, we're going to talk about it. Like, and there's, there is a lot of negative to Isaiah Simmons game, right? There's a reason why the Cardinals are giving up on this investment for a, a measly seventh round pick. But from the Giants point of view, to give up a seventh round pick, which is, you know, the only thing worse than that is a seventh round comp pick, which the Giants don't have. So their lowest pick that they have for a guy who isn't failing because of athletic or athleticism or ability to me, is a really fun trade for Joe Shane, especially at a position where they really need help. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, hi, Bobby Skinner. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Isaiah Simmons PPP. Um, this is a move that does come full circle because, like you know, like you said, back in 2020, we were debating on is Isaiah Simmons worth a top five, fourth overall pick of the draft? And now, lo and behold, a couple years later, we get him for – a seventh round pick in a vacuum. This is a move, like you said, that will add depth to a linebacker room that has very little depth and also very little experience. And this overall move has very little risk. Open up the vacuum. We're getting an athlete who at the time he was drafted, we're talking about how we've never ever seen an athlete like him, right? At the time that we're, we're approaching February, March, and especially after that combine and he runs a 40 yard dash, that's faster than Saquon Barkley. The overall storyline on Isaiah Simmons is this is an athlete at 6'4", 240, and runs a 4'3", that we've never seen an athlete like this ever before. And all offseason, we've talked about how on offense and defense, there was an organizational goal to get faster and more athletic. If nothing else, Isaiah Simmons is athletic, and he can be a very versatile player for this defense. Yeah, and it's going to be exciting to see because I think his strengths match up with what Wink Martindale likes to do you know blitzing you know being an athlete and then man coverage which i think is like where he's where he can be at least consistent where he's the best consistently there's a lot of flash plays in the run but there's a lot of negative in the run too but isaiah simmons is six foot four 240 pounds he's only 25 years old you know after you know entering year four he's had basically 100 tackles the last two years five and a half sacks the last two years combined 10 tackles for a loss and a few interceptions it's also no risk in the sense, well, there's, you know, you risk a seventh round pick, but the cap hit is only $1.01 million because his roster bonus has been paid out by the Cardinals already. So he's like, not only is he, he like, he doesn't even fall into the top 53 or top 51 rule or whatever, I don't believe. But he's this amazing athlete, like you said, with the burst range and ability. And the reason he hasn't worked out for the Cardinals is not because of that athletic ability. Like that is, that is there and you see it flash all the time. 
Like, there's great flash plays for Isaiah Simmons. There's great plays on film that you don't see linebackers play. It's just adding the consistency and not having the bad plays that are kind of consistently there for Simmons. Now, we are having, you are having a conversation with a Cardinals reporter, you know, uh, that's going to be Darren Urban. And part of the, like, what I'm wondering right now, what, without listening to that interview yet, why was there such a need for him to change positions kind of year in and year out and never get settled in at one spot? Well, the reality of it is, is he's never been very good in one role. You know, like down the down linebacker, there's issues. Like he doesn't take on blocks well. He's bad with angles. He misses tackles. Um, at safety, they tried him this year at deep safety, like solely that. And that just was not a fit in the preseason. I don't think that's – I never would have expected to play as a deep safety consistently in the NFL. Really, last year was probably his best year doing it where he played mostly as a nickel corner. Like, that's probably what his best role is, which I think you're going to see a good amount. But, I, I, you know, the Giants, it's been reported the Giants think he's been misused by the Cardinals and that they view him as a linebacker, which I agree with. But he's going to be a linebacker who who splits out with tight ends and stuff, you know, as in as a quote unquote nickel corner. But let's I mean, let's just let's just do like a scouting report on his on him in the NFL and not, you know, not what his draft process uh, scouting report is. The amazing athlete, we talked about that 25 times already, with the burst range and agility. Uh, he's a bend. His ability to dip and slip off blocks is beautiful, but he doesn't stack and shed. Like, he doesn't take blocks on head-on at all. He will he will take bad angles to the run or underplay because he's not, like, working to go through the block. He's kind of only win, wins with speed. And he kind of just needs to play with more pop in general. Like, I don't think he's weak. But he just doesn't play with that pop that you want to see a linebacker play with. And he is a bad tackler. That shows up at no matter what position you put him at, whether that's in the box or in the open field. More so in the open field, but it shows up everywhere. Um, and honestly, and this is talking about him as a linebacker. We could talk about coverage and stuff. There's plays where the effort's just not there. And that is also a part of the Cardinals trading him away, is that he wasn't the most motivated guy in the world. And that's going to be on this coaching staff to in a contract year to get that out of him. Yeah. And another guy where I'm glad that this is a contract year for Isaiah Simmons, because the Cardinals did not pick up his fifth year option. He's getting that $1 million this year. And you know, the giants will have an opportunity to bring it back next year, or he'll have an opportunity this year to, you know, be playing for another team and maybe get a little bit of a payday next year, which, you know, I'm, I'm sure the former number eight pick in the draft wants that for himself. So, yeah, like you said at the top, there's a reason why he was traded away for a seventh round pick. And, you know, even if you go back to the ref the whole reflecting point of the Giants were able to get a third round pick for Kadarius Toney, who, yes, he had more years of control and a six and a, and a sixth who, yes, they had more years of control. Kadarius Tony does than Isaiah Simmons, but Isaiah Simmons is a better football player than Kadarius Tony because he actually plays games and you know he has yeah, at least year, more useful. He has a year of 105 tackles. He has another year where I think he has 99 tackles. So um, Isaiah Simmons has played a lot of snaps in the NFL, especially over the last two years. But still, super exciting for him being in this defense because of his athleticism, because of his blitzing ability, and there's a big kind of question mark on what his role is going to be in this Wink Martindale 
defense. Um, here's a little stat. Um, Simmons has, and just talking about his, his overall athleticism and, and how fast he is. Uh, Simmons has reached 20 plus mile per hour uh, miles per hour on nine plays from scrimmage since being drafted uh, in 2020. Four more than any other linebacker in the NFL. That's per next gen stats as well. Well, let's talk about the things he's good at besides you know the being able to shoot gaps and stack or you know you know dip and and make plays with bursts in the run game. And this is why it's like everyone's been saying like, hey, this is a good fit for the Wink Martindale defense. First of all, his man coverage is good. I, now, it's not perfect because a lot of times he's covering wide receivers and stuff, but his man coverage to me is pretty damn good. Um, and he's physical, rerouting tight ends and stuff. There's a couple times where he put Derrick Henry on his ass, you know, rerouting him, and he's able just to stay in the hip. I mean, there's there's reps against him going against like Keenan Allen, where he's step for step with those guys staying in their hip. Um, you know, you can put him in the A gap when, you know, Wink shows those cover zero looks and he's able to carry the seam. Like, he can get out there and cover the tight end uh, that's split out and run with that guy. Um, so there's a lot there. And he's a good blitzer. Like, and he's gotten better at that, too, in his career, where he was a he was a solid pass rusher last year, whether it was working the corner. There's some times where he got free rushes and stuff. But Wink Martindale's going to get him those opportunities, and he's just got the speed. He's got the burst and range to finish on those plays. Where other linebackers may pressure a quarterback on some of those unrushed looks, where Simmons will turn those into sacks, or when like you know Brock Purdy was trying to throw the ball out of out of out of bounds on one play, and Simmons just freaking closes in on him. He also can force a fumble here or there. And then the other negative part is in zone coverage, he looks just totally lost sometimes, like totally lost. Like I don't understand how you messed up this responsibility. Um, so this is this is going to be a coaching job for Isaiah Simmons. But coaches, this coaching staff could be the greatest coaching staff in the world. The player has to go out and do it. Yep. And that is what, if you are looking at this from a Cardinals point of view, you're saying, I'm not betting on it. Because it's just like there's been, you see low effort plays, You or there's questions of work ethic, uh, and, you know, in the film room or in the locker room. Um, and the fact that he's just never... Like they put him in all these different. They, the only position they really haven't put him in a ton is as an edge rusher, right? And you know, and even coming out of that 2020 draft, there was even a conversation by our guy Anthony Tomano at the time was saying that there is a team that maybe should try him a little bit at 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 edge rusher or slash putting him in, in more pass rushing situations. And over the course of his NFL career, he's played almost 2,300 snaps. Only 239 of them are pass rushing snaps, and not a lot of them are snaps where he's lining up as like this pseudo edge rusher, um, kind of you know outside the tackle or directly on the tackle. Where this camp, I've seen the Giants do this with their interior linebackers, Bobby Okereke, Micah McFadden, especially with the first team, way more than I saw last year. Those interior linebackers are lining up as edge rushers in like this two point stance. And that's going to be clear cut. Isaiah Simmons, that is a great role for you. And I think you're going to see like the the pass rush rate, the rate at which he's rushing the passer, that is definitely going to go up this year. Um, and I guess the case for Isaiah Simmons, Bobby, like the case that he could like improve as a football player with the Giants. I'm going to read an excerpt from Cardinals.com and you know an interview that Simmons was talking about 
Um, you know, I don't really want to be playing linebacker, but I kind of want to be playing one position and settling down at one position. Because this was a talking point today about, oh, well, Simmons is saying that he doesn't want to play linebacker. Let's read the full quote. Where do you see yourself, Simmons was asked, and he had a definite answer. I told him I didn't want to play linebacker, Simmons said after Monday's practice. I felt more comfortable getting back to things I had done in the past, which really in Clemson, he wasn't like a conventional linebacker. He was like a safety. Um, it's easy to see now in training camp with Simmons ranging around the secondaries, played deep safety most often, teaming up with Buda Baker, Jalen Thompson to give the Cardinals their strongest single defensive unit. Simmons also told, had, this is the important part. Simmons also told head coach Jonathan Gannon and defense coordinator he wanted to master one position before working elsewhere, something he said they granted. If they came in here and said, you're going to be a Mike linebacker, I would have done it to the best of my ability. I think they understood that maybe the design position I was supposed to be at, and I'm happy they let me come in and lock in on one position. And I think that's been a challenge throughout Isaiah Simmons' career, just in general, whether it's because of the player or it's because of the coaching staff and, and envisioning something different for him. I think Wink Martindale is going to let him settle down at one particular spot. He's not going to be relied upon to play a thousand snaps this year like he's been the last two years. And I think that's going to help kind of unlock Isaiah Simmons hopefully a little bit. And I think they should ease him in. Like he should play the Tony Jefferson, Landon Collins, big dime yes. role for them. You know, which hey, you're going to have some run reps, but you're going to be a lot of, uh, you know, man coverage type of stuff, whether it's covering a tight end or a running back. And I, like you said, I, I don't expect him to come in and be a full-time inside linebacker two over Micah McFadden right away. I would love to get to that point, but like for him, Putting him in a new system, ease him in because that has been an issue. It's like they've been trying to teach him all these different things and be versatile, and he's never been able to get something down, which is something we talked about out of the draft, Justin, where like versatility is nice. This dude needs to play one position and learn one position because this is the NFL. You can't just win off of pure athleticism, which has been an issue for him. And he has, um, yeah. Now, the reports from Arch Stapleton and others are that the Giants want him at linebacker in the box, which I do agree with. Um, which I do agree with. So he's going to have to be like, hey, if they tell me to play linebacker, I'm going to play linebacker because I do think that's what's best for him and that's yep. what the coaching staff, at least reports say, is best for him too. Yeah, I don't think it's a matter of him not wanting to play linebacker. I do think it's a matter of him wanting to settle down at one position. That's what I think. And even you look at the Cardinals, how many how many first-round picks have they spent on interior linebacker? You know, there's even a and chance they move they all he- their position. They move, like Zayvon Collins moved the edge. <laughs> so it, it's a it's a little bit of a of a mess over there Bobby I want to keep talking about Isaiah Simmons maybe projecting what it means for the rest of the roster um but before we do today's we'll episode talk about is- Chris's coffee oh threw me off Chris's coffee is a family-run local New York-based coffee roaster and the leading importer of Italian made espresso machines and service provider they really are like the best coffee company ever the coffee, the coffee is from bean to brew, meaning that they import their own beans in-house, roast it, pack it, and ship it right to you. Right to you. Um, I I know I've told the story, but I brought it over to my parents, and we had family over, and we all had a cup of Christmas coffee, and they're like, this is really good. So I went and ordered them some more because I want them to be loyal Christmas coffee drinkers. Uh, their roasting capacity at their brand new 64,000 square foot facility is now upwards of 2,300 pounds of coffee per hour. I could drink a thousand co- pounds of coffee per hour. Am I right? Chris's Coffee also sells coffee grinders, blenders, brewers, filters, teas, syrups, replacement parts, and everything you need to get your home espresso set up off the ground. 
bike parts and shit. And beginning today, use the code JOHNBOY at checkout to receive a free one pound bag of our brand new Giant Java Coffee with any order over $50 plus free shipping. Discounts can't be combined with any other offers. If you're in the market for an espresso machine, grinder, or just a great tasting coffee, talk to the espresso coffee experts at www.chriscoffee.com. So it's not necessarily Chris's coffee. It's Chris Coffee. ChrisCoffee.com. They've assembled a passionate world-class sales team eager to help guide you on your espresso journey. You'll be glad you did. Bobby Skinner, you'll be glad you did. Um, now, let's just talk about it. Do you think by year's end we're going to be talking about how like wonderful Isaiah Simmons is? No, because I think Micah McFadden is still going to be the second interior linebacker on this team. I don't think Isaiah Simmons is going to be getting the same opportunities as he did in the past. Like he got like he be he be a guy that he'd be a thousand snap player the last two years. Um I don't think he's going to be able to put up those numbers unless guys get hurt and then his role increases. So no, I don't I don't think we are. Yeah. I mean his usage has been like last year he played cornerback 49% of the time, linebacker 33%. Um and then the year before was linebacker 58%, edge 23%, cornerback 18% and then a yeah. couple snaps of safety. Which that is crazy by the way. Like last year I watched the Vikings Cardinals game last year because he I remember he played well against the Vikings in 2021 I actually made a jam football about it in 2021 and I was when I retweeted it from talking Giants today I was like oh I checked in on Isaiah Simmons he had a good game so I checked in on Isaiah Simmons versus the Cardinals in 2022 first four plays of the game he's following Adam Thielen in motion and lining up in the slot He's lining up as a slot corner, and then he's like covering Justin Jefferson in the slot, allowed a big explosive play, because this 6'4", 240-pound supposedly linebacker slash safety is playing slot corner against Justin Jefferson. It was so crazy. It was crazy what they were asking him to do last year. Like, I understand the, you know, hey, if you don't view him as a linebacker, maybe you don't view him as a, I don't know, but is was slot corner really the answer there? And the fact that that's what he survived at last year without, I guess, not being a total catastrophe is crazy. Yeah, I mean, you can't put him up against the best receivers when they're lining up in the slot, but you can't you put can him against any him. slot receivers, really, in my opinion. It's not a, he's not a slot corner. Yeah, but you could, I'm saying you could like split him out in zone and stuff yeah. like that, and then you put him on like a a tight end that flanks out. Like that he can do sense. a he can do a really good job of man coverage, and that's why like with this coaching staff, like hey, they're gonna ask him to blitz and play man coverage, which is the best roles for for Isaiah Simmons, and hopefully he can grow into an every down player. But right now, I view him as kind of like a situational player. And they again, they traded a seventh round pick for him. Um, I also am not buying into the well, this coaching staff will just fix him and turn him into an amazing player. Like this isn't. One, his position coach isn't Andre Patterson or Jerome Henderson. You know, the linebacker coach, Coach Eggs. I don't know how good of it's hard to judge position coaches, but there's no there's no evidence of him being a great position coach. And also, as much as Wink Martindale is going to put him in those man coverage and blitzing roles, Wink Martindale at one time loved Patrick Queen, and Patrick Queen struggled a lot under Wink Martindale too. So it's this coaching staff can't work magic, right? They're right. good. They can be a good coaching staff. They can get the most out of guys. But if 
Isaiah Simmons wants to be more than a situational player, a guy who's playing, you know, 40 to 60% snaps at max to start for the Giants. He's got to get better at playing flat out linebacker. Like yep. you got to, you got to take on the offensive lineman. You got to make sure you got to take, you got to study angles as a tackler. Like you can't have those negative plays or you're going to be taken off the field. You're no, we're no longer are you playing for a team that invested a first round pick in you. You're, you're playing for a team that invent, invested a seventh round pick and $1 million. Like there's there's no investment from the there's very little investment from the Giants end, which is why I love this trade. But for Isaiah Simmons, like if if a new coaching staff for the Cardinals wasn't a wake up call, this is a wake up call for Isaiah Simmons because he's he has another year like last year. He's getting less than five million dollars on contract. Yeah, reasons I'm really excited for Isaiah Simmons is him being versatile, him being a weapon. Him lining up in the A-gap on third down and the untouched pressures that Wink Martindale can scheme up where you're lining him up in the field and you don't know what he's going to do and you don't know where he's going to go. Like, I'm excited about him being like that kind of ace in the hole more than I am excited about him being an every-down player. Is that fair to say? Yeah, but I hope he does get there, which leads to my next question. Do you believe Isaiah Simmons will be a Giants player in 2024? It's really tough to say without seeing his role. Um, Here's why I don't think it is, though. Here's why I'm very confident. That even if he struggles, they'll want to bring him back on a cheap deal. They they will want to? Yeah, because he's not going to go out and get big money unless people are still paying him for the draft pedigree, which I don't see happening. So even if he struggles, they're going to like, like all right, well, well, we'll be the team that brings you back for another year. There's no reason not to. And if he plays well, then they're going to want to keep him. So I think... That he is a giant in 2000. I'm pretty confident in that. And hopefully, hopefully, we're paying him some decent money. Like, that's my hope is we're paying this guy some decent money at the end of the year. Like, he he makes growth as a linebacker. Yeah. And that's what I was, that's where I was going to go. Like, I don't know, Bobby. If he's going to be back in Giants Blue next year, then it means that he's playing linebacker well, which is the same thing I said during the pre draft evaluation. It was one of my better takes of like pre draft evals about like a top 10 pick who everybody was like, oh, this guy's awesome. This guy's great generational talent. And I'm glad, you know, even younger me in 2020 pushed back on it being like, you got to play a position, Pop. Like, we got to, we got to pick a, we got to pick a position here and you got to learn it and you got to play it well because that's kind of how the NFL works. And now we're, Three years, four years into Isaiah Simmons' career, and he, we still haven't found that position. So if he's back in Giants blue, which I'm which I'm rooting for, you, you root for the guys in blue, that means that he has adjusted to playing linebacker better than he has right now. But even if he struggles, I think you bring him back on a, the cheapest deal that like on a cheap deal because he's that talent. Do you think um, he would get like Isaiah Simmons, former top ten pick? For, you know, you know what they always say about those former first round picks is they'll get keep, they'll keep getting chances. Bill, we we traded BJ Hill for Billy Price for crying out loud. He was a former first round pick. Yeah, I'd rather be I'd, I'd rather us be the team that gives him that chance, unless okay. it's like paying him six million dollars a year or something like that. Right, which which he may he may get because of his athleticism. No, I'm not saying six million, which, but he may get more than what we're willing to pay. Which again, I I hate talking about this now when we're not even seeing him on the field we don't even know what his role is well even if he struggles like i want to give him another year in this defense right like he's like again we're not talking about a guy whose athleticism doesn't transfer to the nfl we're it talking does. about a guy like he's his athleticism is elite and i and i wouldn't ne- i wouldn't i wouldn't want to give up on that on a year of struggles in a new defense yeah. being traded at the end of training camp you know a, a, less than a week away from cutdown day so like he's it's going to be an uphill battle for him 
So I, I'd like to give him as many chances as possible. Yeah, for sure. So again, I want to I want to talk about this too. I, I didn't talk about this enough. So I, I talked about 239 pass rush snaps and pass rush opportunities. He has a total of on Pro Football Reference, 11 QB hits, um, seven and a half sacks, and seven not seven forced fumbles. Not not that all those forced fumbles came on pass rushing opportunities. But that's that's pretty good, and I am excited for that number to go up this year. Uh, those pass rush snaps and him get after the quarterback like that should be like right now coming in, especially as you know not knowing the playbook all that much. The priority should be telling Isaiah Simmons to just go and attack and not think all that much. Like go attack, be an athlete. I want to. I want to actually look something up. You pique my interest, but uh, also, so I just want to do a, a draft compensation update. The Giants now only have six picks. They have their first through sixth round pick. They don't have any extra picks. They haven't lost any picks besides this seventh round pick. Um, so, and they're not in line to get any comp picks this this year either. Um, before we get into, you know, why don't you read an ad before we get into an interview with the Cardinals reporter? While I look up this this number. Yes, today's episode is sponsored by SeatGeek. They're also the presenting sponsor of the show, if you didn't know that. We're super thankful to SeatGeek. And if you didn't know what SeatGeek is, what are you doing? They're a ticketing app that makes buying tickets super simple. With over 28 million downloads, SeatGeek is there, the number one rated ticketing app in the world. You hear me throw out a pop a couple minutes ago? Yeah, what the Joe's, hell was that? Joe's McFly, Jake Surrielli. I, I I felt like I needed to say it. Felt like Isaiah Simmons really brought it out of me. Um, so shout out to them and shout out to SeatGeek because there are more than 70,000 events every single day on SeatGeek, including sports, concerts, festivals, and more. Uh, there is another rival ticketing app that I shall, that shall rename, that shall remain nameless that the Giants use as their provider. And I hate them right now because I can't access my tickets correctly. And it's a whole battle that I'm fighting with the Giants. And they say, well, they're fighting it with the ticket provider. You want to know who I wouldn't have that problem with? SeatGeek. So SeatGeek, let's go. Let's contact the Giants and let's get on provide being their official ticket provider. Because I know I wouldn't, I know I'd be able to access my tickets at all times. SeatGeek, they got the hookup. Use code Giants for $20 off your first purchase at SeatGeek. That's $20 off your first purchase with promo code Giants. Click the link in the description to download the app. I've never had a problem with SeatGeek. Bobby Skinner, you'll be glad you did. You'll be glad you did. And here is Darren Urban, who covers the Cardinals. Come on, pay attention in there. Let's go. We got a beautiful day. Work. Play fast. Play fast. Whoa. Ah. I would now welcome onto the program. Darren Urban covers the Arizona Cardinals. Usually when the Giants sign players, we can get a pretty good read on them, and but we'll have people on to help us. With Isaiah Simmons in, uh, in particular, I feel like it's just kind of hard to get a read on what he is and i mean that's that's kind of my first question is like what is isaiah simmons going into year four in the nfl well i mean i gotta be honest i mean i think that's a big reason why he is now a giant instead of a cardinal because they had trouble figuring out what that might be um he's he when he was drafted uh, you know when he came out in 2020 um there was a lot of talk with how versatile he could be he very much embraced that role talked many times about uh, wanting to be able to do all these things and feeling like he was confident enough that he could. 
um, the idea was that he would become a like a rangy inside linebacker uh, in this team's three four defense that could go uh, cover tight ends that could go sideline to sideline that could make these tackles and it never really quite worked out. They also drafted Zayvon Collins in the first round in 2021, and they were going to pair those two together uh, as inside linebackers. And now we got to this year with a new coaching staff, uh, you know, the Eagle guys who did the Eagles defense last year and Jonathan Gannon and Nick Rollis, and they moved Zayvon Collins to an outside linebacker and they moved Isaiah to safety. Now, um, a couple of weeks ago, two, three weeks ago in training camp, Isaiah Simmons, did a press conference and talked to us and uh, had mentioned the fact that the coaches asked him, you know, what he might be most comfortable with. Cause the idea was we're going to put you in one place and have you get really good at that rather than have you worry about other positions and, and see if that might unlock some things. And Isaiah came clean to us and he said, I told them I'd rather not be a linebacker that he felt more comfortable in the secondary. So they moved him. He was playing deep safety, essentially deep free safety uh, in a lot of formations when he was playing uh, with Buda Baker, who's a pro bowl safety and Jalen Thompson, who uh, I think can become that, uh, who is their their other safety. And they were basically trying to do a three safety look. Um, Jalen Thompson was going to have to play more nickel than normal if that's how they decided to go with it. And last year, Simmons ended up playing a lot more nickel than any other position in his snaps because that was just the place he kind of ended up where they felt like it would work the best. And there's there's no question Isaiah Simmons is ultra talented and there's no question that he can make some splash and flash plays. The problem is the consistency, um, being able to do things on a, on a regular basis. He struggled against the Chiefs in the second preseason game um, with – lost in a coverage and and didn't finish off a play at the goal line and and not that that was the reason he was traded but I think in a lot of ways it just kind of underscored the I, I guess the confusion just the the struggles of this team trying to find a place for him yeah I mean I've been through a, a few games of film on him so far uh and it's you know, as Giants fans we had the fourth pick that year and it was the debate was offensive tackle versus Isaiah Simmons and one of the sticking points we kind of had with Simmons is like, it's great to be versatile, but he kind of needs to learn a position and play it in the NFL. And they're finally let him do that and didn't fit there. Where, what is the position though, that you think he does fit best at? I think that's a great question. I, I It feels like every time he's gone to a position and people say this, then they're like, well, why don't you put him here? And that'll work. I, you know, it's funny. I've seen a lot of social media reaction there's a lot of fans that are upset that they gave up on Isaiah Simmons at this point. Um, but he was going to be a free agent after the season and I'm not sure he would have returned. So I kind of get it, but they're all like, why didn't you make him a pass rusher? Why didn't you just put him outside and let him rush the passer? I mean, he's definitely got some skills in that regard, but at six, four and about two forty or two thirty-five, you know, is he going to be able to get off those tackles and consistently, rush the passer like that again Isaiah himself was hoping to be moved back where he could kind of like float and make plays like where they had put him um and that wasn't quite working and he wasn't quite at the inside linebacker I I don't know if I I mean better people than I have tried to find that place and I'm not sure where it goes but again I keep seeing these people that's saying oh you know 
put them, make them rush the passer. Whereas again, I bring up just a couple of weeks ago, he just said, I don't really want to play linebacker. So are you going to put him back at linebacker? I mean, he's going to go now wherever he needs to go, but I don't know if he's comfortable there. I, it's just, it's hard to really nail it down. Yeah. I, I think that is a good, like he just doesn't really look very comfortable at line at linebacker where I do th- think he looks the best was playing in man coverage. Right. And then and zone covers, there'd be times where he's totally lost. Is that a accurate assessment? I, he had some good times doing that, but like, like for instance, last year, they, they tried to put him up. He struggled against the chiefs in the opener. And a lot of people struggle against Patrick Mahomes and specifically you're trying to cover Travis Kelsey, but that just didn't work. Um, He just, there have been times when he just, when he is in man to man, he doesn't necessarily keep his leverage where it's supposed to be. Um, Again, do I think he can do it? Yes. Is, but he needs to find that consistency, and that consistency just wasn't ever there. And and who knows? This maybe this is a wake up call. But again, I don't know. I don't know what the issue necessarily would be that he couldn't do these things or couldn't find this place. I, like I don't know if it's a, I don't know if it's a study thing. If it's if it's just a, a comprehension thing. If it's just whatever. I like I I can't. I don't even know where to start with what would be wrong in terms of figuring it out. I just know that these, these guys have tried for a number of years. And now, I know again, people say, Oh, he gets a fresh start in New York. Well, he essentially got a fresh start here. He got a brand new GM and a brand new coaching staff that basically let him help decide where he was going to play. And it still didn't work. So, you know, I guess we'll see. My last thing will be there. And a lot of times in zone coverage, you see just like loss, like totally lost, which you, you shouldn't see. There's times where linebackers will not make plays, but they look lost. And then there's some other times where it's like, look a little lackadaisical to the ball. It Was there any rumblings of like, maybe he didn't take, you know, the film serious or practice serious or, or was unhappy because it kind of shows up a little bit. I don't, I, I haven't necessarily heard any of that, but I mean, again, you, you go by the something, something has to be there on the tape and he's awful athletic and talented to, to have it be just strictly, he doesn't right. have the ability. So I, I don't know uh, how that is, how that really went exactly. You know, he, I think Isaiah Simmons is a very smart guy. Um, and when you talk to him, he, he, I mean, like when he does interviews, he comes across as very intelligent Um you know, where he needs to be exactly for some of that stuff. Maybe he does need to grow a little bit in those areas. Um, And certainly I think this is going to, I mean, between the fact that he's being, he's was traded and has to go cross country and knowing, and he knew this anyways, that after they didn't pick up his fifth year option in the spring, like he's playing for a contract this year, which he's talked about, like, I don't. I don't think there can be any more motivation. If it, if it's going to happen, I would think it would be, happen now. Um, I guess we'll just find out if the Giants have that key to unlock uh, whatever it is that he might be able to be on the slope. All right, Darren. I, I appreciate you jumping on. Maybe we'll, we'll the Giants play the Cardinals week two. I believe, week right? Two. Yeah. So maybe maybe we'll 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 see you again then. Possibly. And, uh, there will, I'm sure Giants fans or Cardinals fans will be dunking on each other one way or the other. So well, I, I certainly would expect Isaiah Simmons to be at this point looking forward to that game, but we'll we'll see how it plays out. Because I'm curious, to be honest, 
and and maybe you would have a better answer on this. Like for me, coming in this late in the game, like how easy is it going to be to fit him into what they're doing defensively quickly? Yeah, see, I, Wink Martindale likes to run a lot of dime packages and stuff, and they use Tony Jefferson and Landon Collins and kind of like those big dime packages. I can see that being a, a role for him right away. And But, you know, going through the film, and I hate to because Giants fans are excited because he is an amazing athlete and a lot of people really wanted him in 2020. But it's like you do see more bad film than good film. And there's a lot of faith in this coaching staff, but a coaching like the players, the players got to go out there and do it. So um, I think the role right away would kind of be like that big dime, line, you know, linebacker who can go out there and play some man coverage on third down and stuff and, and ease them in that way. I, I'm I'm going to be fascinated to see how it plays out. Obviously, this team, um, although Hassan Reddick had a lot of success in his final year here before leaving as a free agent, but, um, you know, there's a lot of fans here fearful that Isaiah Simmons is going to go be another Hassan Reddick leaving here. I don't quite see the parallels. I, I There's there's some other yeah, stuff. Yeah, Reddick was good. Yeah, Riddick, Rick, <laughs> and Riddick showed he was good before he left. They just yeah. weren't able to resign him, whereas, you know – I, like I said, I, I know I know fans here are frustrated. They they only got a seventh round pick for Isaiah Simmons, but I'm guessing that the Giants weren't the only team the Cardinals were offering Isaiah Simmons up to. And if you're only getting a seventh round pick, it says a little bit about where the rest of the league sees him right now, too. So I, I think the rest of the league is very anxious to see exactly what kind of steps Isaiah Simmons can take on uh, in the next uh, little bit. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's like Reddick was good before. Like, Giants fans know this too. 2019, he had four sacks against the Giants in that game. Um, and weirdly, he played well versus Car- for Carolina and still didn't get the deal that he was going. Yeah. And then obviously had the year he did for Philly. So I think that's just a league issue more so than just a solely Cardinals issue. But uh appreciate you jumping on, man. Hopefully we'll, uh, we'll see you week two. Thanks for having me. All right. Thank you to Darren Urban for coming on the show, shedding some light on Isaiah Simmons. And before we get to talking to Patty, Patricia Trena. We got to talk about Manscaped. Today's show is brought to you by Manscaped. Public service announcement. PSA, some say. If you didn't already know, Manscaped now sells beard products. What? The leaders in Below the Waist Grooming changed the game with their brand new Beard Hedger Pro Kit. And they're going a step further with their brand new Handyman, an electric face shaver for a quick and convenient way to achieve a clean shaven look. I need it. I need it. I have a little bit of the neck beard going on because I can't actually grow a beard. So guess what? I should leave here. I should I should take out that handyman, do a quick little shave, quick little raise. I think it's actually right here. I have it right here, right in front of me. Boom, right here, the handyman. Um, and I will get all ready to rock and roll on my Friday. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code Giants at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped.com. When you use promo code Giants, hit the refresh button with Manscaped. Here is Patricia Trena. All right, welcome back to the show. And we want to welcome on to the show Patricia Trena. Patricia Trania, welcome. We originally were going to record this at 11 a.m. It is 2 p.m. right now. Um, 10.30 a.m., we basically get the whole news and notifications that the Giants have traded for Isaiah Simmons. They gave up a seventh-round pick. So how are you doing? Thank you for joining us, and we'll get right to it. Thanks for having me. First off, it's always a pleasure to be with you two fine gentlemen. 
how am I doing? I'm going crazy right now. I did not expect the news of Isaiah Simmons. Very pleasant news, I might add. So yeah, we were supposed of, to record with you like 20 minutes after yeah, it happened. Yeah, exactly. We put together all these questions, and then it's like, okay, we're, we're going to have to cut out some questions, and we're going to have to push this back because we all our mind is spinning right now. Yeah, and, and, and of course, we all had to do our, our late-breaking news and everything like that, so... Uh, but we were all caught up. I think most of us are, except for me. I'm 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 still yeah. trying to catch up, but I'll get caught up before I have to call it a day today. Yeah. I've got an early day due to an event that I got to go to, but I'll get caught up and it'll be fine. Yeah. So on, so we recorded like our our, our first half of the show where we kind of like talked about Simmons as a player. But any insight that you have on what his role might look like with the Giants, since he's already played in so many positions, kind of right. like in college and at the NFL level, so. Do you have any insight on where the Giants are thinking that they might line him up in Wink's defense? I think he's probably going to have a role very similar to what you saw Tony Jefferson have in Wink's defense down in Baltimore. This is a role that they tried to replicate last year. I think they tried it with Jefferson. I think they tried it with Landon Collins. Didn't really have some have much success with either case. So Isaiah Simmons, he's twenty. I think he's twenty five years old fresher legs you know the cardinals really didn't use him the right way i think down there and you know here's the best thing about it you know he's coming in last year of his rookie deal so he's only going to cost the giants i believe 1.01 million which is cheap um some people will say oh my god that's a one-year rental well no if he if he delivers then you can you know you can obviously extend him but i think it's a humongous upgrade i think it solves several problems where there were maybe question marks on the depth inside linebacker. I think it solves a problem on outside, you know, the edge rusher slot cornerback. He can play in the slot. So I think it's probably Sayonara Darnay Holmes. I think that clinches it. So yeah, just a versatile player. And and again, I think he's going to be that, that Tony Jefferson hybrid safety slash linebacker. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see because they're like as exciting as it is for a Giants fan is, there's also a reason the team that drafted in the top 10 trade for the seventh round pick. Like there's, there's honestly a lot more bad on, on his film than there is good, but you would hope that this coaching staff and their blitzing style, like he kind of, he kind of fits what they want to do. And he didn't, he, he didn't, he's not being traded because he's not still an amazing athlete. Like that stuff's still there. So they can, can they harness that with him? I, th- I hope that they find more of a home for him out of position because it's, I think that's been part of his issues. Is he's never really been able to lock in at one thing but we talked about isaiah isaiah simmons a ton at the top of this sh- uh, show so I-, I do want to talk about some of the other stuff now that we have you on you've been at some of the last uh camp practices what is something that stood out to you the most first off i got to comment on the speed i mean we we talked about the lack of speed last year and how that was a problem on both sides of the ball we're seeing speed on both sides of the ball this year. I mean, offense, Jalen Hyatt. I mean, can we talk about how good that young man has looked? Splitting coverages. I mean, my gosh, have you guys noticed that guys like like uh, Jalen Hyatt are getting open? I mean, did we see a lot of that last year with giant receivers getting open down the field? You know, Darren Waller has looked good. He's, he creates a, a, or attracts a crowd every time he goes down the field. And we're seeing Danny Dollars, as I call him, Play with swagger. I mean, this is a guy who looks more comfortable than ever before. I don't think I've ever seen Daniel Jones look this good. 
I know it's preseason and the naysayers are going to say, well, talk to me in September when they face Dallas and Frisco and, you know, all the, you know, Buffalo and the other good teams, folks, this is a good start for the giants offense. They've got speed on that side of the ball. They've got a confident quarterback and I think good things are going to happen there. And then on defense, again, they have speed and Oh, by the way, their run defense so far has looked light years better than it did last year with linebackers coming up and filling holes. Bobby Okereke has been a, a godsend. You know, I think the addition of Simmons will help as well. But uh, this is a Giants team that has significantly upgraded speed, you know, better skill sets, better fits, and they can now play matchup football, which they really couldn't do a whole lot of. You know, last year, they didn't really have everything they needed. So now they can play better matchup football. You mentioned Daniel Jones and you mentioned Daniel Jones looking confident and and comfortable, which I'm really glad you brought up because one of the things I wanted to ask you is how has Daniel Jones carried himself differently this camp compared to past years? And I know that's, you know, he may even be a little bit more comfortable behind the microphone sometimes, too. So how do you do you feel like there's a difference in the way that he's carrying himself this camp? Maybe even just outside of because we know he's had a good camp on the field. Yeah, I I definitely see it. I mean, Daniel is trying not to be, you know, cocky, for lack of a better term. He's still trying to be, you know, cool, understated, you know, that Eli Manning cool. Eli never changed, even when he was playing at the top of his game. Daniel's trying to stay that way. But you can't help but notice just how Daniel Jones is navigating the huddle, commanding the huddle, bringing guys to the line of scrimmage how he's, you know, some of the quips he makes in his pressers, you're starting to see a little bit more of a personality, that of a young man who is more confident in his role, a guy who's like, okay, you know what? Yeah, I got the big contract. I'm not just going to sit back on my butt and and collect the money. I'm going to show people that I am indeed worth it. So I really like that about him. And uh, I think, you know, he, he could have a really good year for them. And, uh, you know, assuming everybody, of course, stays healthy, that's the big if we know what this team's his injury history is like. But, yeah, Daniel is definitely carrying himself a little bit differently, I think, this year than in years past. You mentioned the speed, the receivers, and the improvements on offense. The one thing that has been a little understated because you're not going to run the ball a ton in training camp practices and you're not going to see, like, different types of run fits in preseason football where it's kind of just you're just playing straight up most of the time. The run defense improvement, I think, will be one of the storytellers of how successful this New York Giants defense can be. Like, how good is O'Karrick? Hey, you know, what do the additions of Ashawn Robinson and Nacho do for this defense? You know, like you mentioned, can Simmons come in and play a role as a, as a weak side linebacker? So, like, I think that is one of the more imp- important, like, like, talking points coming out of this Giants training camp. Now, yeah. here's another thing. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was going to say, you're, you're spot on. Here's the thing I've been the most frustrated with. We are entering, I think, the fourth year or third year out of four years where uh, the New York Giants coaching staff wants to rotate guards. Mm. And now, five weeks in, 31-year-old Mark Lewinsky is being play, practicing at left guard as part of uh, the evaluation. Mike Kafka has said, ideally, you want to find your best five. We're four or five weeks in the camp. These are all guys that have been here for a while. Do they do what 99% of people think is best and play five, or are they going to work a rotation? 
Well, before I answer that question, let me ask you something. Last year, when injuries hit the interior of the offensive line, what happened? Do you remember? Well, they struggled. We, remember, they had some some issues. When Ben Bredesen went down, Azudu went in, and then mm-hmm. Azudu got they injured, had, and so they had Lemieux and right, and they they never got consistency consistency because a lot of those guys were inexperienced. So this is just a theory on my part. I do think the coaching staff has a pretty good idea which five guys they want to roll with. That being said, I think one of the reasons why you have seen a lot of rotation at guard is to get these guys experience in the event of an injury. So for example, last year, Ben Bredesen played what 30 snaps at center. And now they've got John Michael Schmidt. So they can, they're probably saying to themselves, okay, Bredesen can give us snaps at left guard. He can give us snaps at right guard. Let's get him some more work at center. Let's get him, you know, some preseason snaps and whatnot to get him that experience. And I think they're doing the same thing with, you know, Glowinski just to move guys around. So again, it goes back to playing matchup football. If they need to do that, you know, on the offensive line and, 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 you know, here's the other thing. Azudu was a guy that I think they want ultimately to be their future left starting guard. But the only way you're going to find out for sure is you got to play him. So these snaps, these rotational snaps during the preseason are kind of a necessary evil if you think about it. So come Dallas, I would be very surprised. And, and, and speaking of Dallas, I'll throw this, this at you. You know, if, you, if, you, if you're a conspiracy theorist, why give the Cowboys an opportunity to get a beat on who your starting five is going to be? Why not keep them guessing? So, I mean, you know, I'm not saying that's what Dable's doing, but I wouldn't put it past him if he is. But I think come week one against Dallas, they will have a set line because that Dallas defensive front is really good. And I don't think they're going to mess around with rotating guys. And I'd be very surprised if that were the case. Yeah, I'm at a point now where I'd be surprised if it's if it's not. Here's my issue is if it was about getting guys experience, like the one thing that would make sense would be getting Ben Bredesen practice at center because they don't have a true backup center on the team. But that's stopped happening for over two weeks now. Ben Bredesen isn't taking center reps at all anymore. So, like, that's the one where it makes sense. Like, hey, they need to have someone who's comfortable at backup center, but he's not getting backup center reps like he got, you know, the first week of practice. And then for me, in what scenario does Mark Winsky play left guard besides if they truly make him the backup? But, like, is he? Like, I don't see that happening. Like, and, and why is that happening five weeks into camp? So, to me, it's just a lot of inconsistencies with what they're saying and what they're doing and just conventional wisdom of the rotation to where at this point, I just like it to me, it's, I, it's, I asked the question, I just don't know how it benefits you unless it's the simply the, the Cowboys letting them know, but you've let them know at every other position on the team, whoever the left guard, I don't think they're changing too much of their game plan. So that's where I'm, I'm kind of like at wits end with it, with this. Right. And, and I, it also I, I, stinks that point. Dable, Dable will never give a proper explanation as to what right. what, what the actual goal is. Well, because they, the answer is they invested in two guys, and the thir- the guy they didn't is playing better than both of them. Yeah. Right. No, and, and you guys make a good point, but but again, you know, I'm just playing devil's advocate here, just from you know covering Dable and how he can be kind of crafty, and people don't realize it. Why get look? We can probably all agree that it starts in the trenches, right? If you get beat in the trenches, you might as well just take your ball and go home. So why give the Cowboys any kind of early advantage and saying, okay, we know who the starting five are going to be. 
if you're the Giants, what harm does it do? Like, okay, Bobby, you mentioned we haven't seen Bredesen playing. They got to gel with each other. That's right. something that all offensive right. line Which they do. About. But but to your point about, you know, oh, we haven't seen Bredesen play center in, in a couple of weeks. Maybe they've seen all they need to see from him. And they're like, okay, let's get Schmitz up and running and feeling comfortable, you know, facing blitzes and stunts and all that stuff. We've seen what we need to see from Bredesen. Let's get the rookie ready to go because, you know, he's got a little bit more of a learning curve than, say, Bredesen. So, you know, I, I'm just I'm just throwing this out as a scenario. I don't know this to be fact. This is just me kind of looking at a different angle, if you will. But Dable, he's not going to come right out and, and, and he's yet to do it. The first time, the next time he does it, it'll be the first time. He's not going to come right out and say, okay, these are my starting five guys. Because now you're, you're tipping off the opponent to get a jump start on stuff. So why not keep them guessing? I still say that they know. They've got to know at this point. And to your point about gelling, I think a lot of people also forget that, you know, during training camp, a lot of times the team have, has a morning walkthrough before they actually hit the field. They have the meetings and stuff like that. So there are opportunities, certainly nothing like, you know, putting the pads on and knocking heads against the defensive linemen, but there are other things they do to get the, the unit to gel to where they're communicating both verbally and non-verbally and being on the same page. So we'll have to see how it plays out, but I do think they have an idea of what they want to do. Yeah, I, I mean, I've just seen these guards really struggle on combos, getting the linebackers in preseason yeah. stuff. And I mean, they rotated in the playoff game last year. But we're getting towards cutdown day. Who do you see being your most surprising cut? Cam Brown. Really? Yes. And, and who, so who do you see like kind of taking that role? Well, he, here's the thing. Let me let me tell you why I see Cam Brown as being a surprising cut. He hasn't really given them much on defense as a linebacker. Good special teams player, but last year, did he have any impactful special teams plays? I can't think of any. I think he finished second on the team with six total tackles, or I think it was six, and I think three of them were solo. I believe Carter Coughlin finished as the team leader in special team sacks. A little bit better special teamer and a guy who can get them snaps at linebacker. So even though Cam Brown was a, a, um, a, a special teams captain last year, now, you you know, and, and you say, oh, well, he's got great length and speed and all that stuff. Well, hey, hi, Bryce Ford Wheaton. He can do the same thing. He brings the same character characteristic. I just have a feeling that Cam Brown's going to be expendable, you know, given all those factors. Yeah, plus you had Isaiah Simmons, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but you mentioned Bryce Ford Wheaton, and the wide receiver room is pretty mm. cloudy and, and interesting, too. And there's a lot of names in there, but nobody really provides that special teams value, at least, you know, if, if we're talking about Bryce Ford Wheaton not being on the team. So this even includes like two guys that are, that we think that are making it, but are they Sterling Shepard and Cole Beasley? What's yeah. the kind of status of both of those guys? Yeah. You know what? I think that's going to depend on what happens with, with uh, Wandale Robinson. You know, we heard a couple of weeks ago, Joe Shane expressing confidence that, that the, or not expressing confidence, but saying that, Wandale might be ready to go off a pup. Well, we didn't see Wandale really start to run until this week. And he looked good, by the way, running. I mean, he, he looked like he was running fine. But it's kind of late at this point to bring him off a pup because you figure he's going to need a couple of weeks at least to get ramped up. And now you're rolling into the season. And, you know, do you really want to go that route? Or do you, or do you say to yourself, look, we've got Hodgins, we've got Campbell, we've got Hyatt. We've got um, Slayton. 
Do we really need to rush Wandale Robinson back when we can we can plug in either Beasley and or Shepard? So that's where I think, you know, maybe they can afford to put Wandale on in the active pup to start the season. But to your question about Beasley and 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 Shepard, I could see both of them making it, but I think what could happen in the case of Shepard, and I've been say, writing this over on Giants Country, I've said it on my show, if the Giants need a roster spot for a guy that maybe they want to move to IR to start the season, I could see Shepard being a procedural move, which simply means that they'll cut him to give him, you know, to, to give themselves a roster spot for a guy that they plan to move to IR because you know the rule. The rule says that. Yeah, they've done that with gonna, Casey Kreider in the past. Exactly. Exactly. They could do so that with do, Beasley as well, too. Exactly. So they could do, because let's think about it, guys. First of all, Shepard and Beasley are vested veterans. So it's not like they got to go through waivers and the Giants got to worry about anybody claiming them. They, If another team comes out of the blue and says, hey, Shep, we want to sign you, or hey, Cole, we want to sign you, they could say no especially if the Giants tell them, look, guys, we got to cut you for procedural purposes, but we're going to bring you back. That's why I always call this this first round of cuts, I call it the initial 53, not the final 53, because it's not going to be final for a while. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they are able to get any guys off waivers being so low on the order. Yep. And we obviously saw them trade for Isaiah Simmons. All right, final question. What is your 2023 record prediction for the Ooh. New York Giants? You know what, guys? I know the Giants have a tougher schedule this year. I would not rule out 10 wins. I think realistically speaking, they're going to go nine and eight. But I think they're going to win a game or a couple games that they probably have no business winning. They will probably lose a game or two that they have no business losing. But I I have such faith in this, this front office, in this coaching staff, the fact that they can now play better matchup football, I would not be stunned if they come out with 10 wins. But of course, it all starts in the division. I don't have to tell you that they have not won in the division or had a winning record against division opponents in in quite some time. So that's where it starts for me. That's going to be what I use as as the litmus test as to how far along this team has improved. But yeah, 10 wins. I, I could see 10 wins if everything falls into place and they stay healthy. It's, you know, this coaching staff is is just top notch. And I'm excited by the additions that they have. Officially 10 and 7? I'm going to say 10 and 7, officially. Yeah, I, I, I'll be optimistic about it. Okay. Maybe I'm drinking the Kool-Aid, but I, I feel pretty th- good. I really think that is drink- like They're a lot better of a team right now than oh, they were yeah. last year. Sure. Um, so I am, I am officially, and that's actually been the most popular one has been 10 and seven. So you're not, it's not like you're saying anything outlandish. Where can people find your work, Patricia? Yes. You can find me on the locked on giants podcast on YouTube. You can also find my written work over on giantscountry.com, which is part of fan nation and SIs.com sports channel. So check me out there and uh, f- follow me on social media at Patricia underscore Trina on the social media site, formerly known as Twitter. I think it's known as X now. And then over on Instagram, you can follow me at Patty Trina, P-A-T-T-I-T-R-A-I-N-A. And I'm verified on both systems. So not hard to, to mix up who's who. So I would, I always say like, well, all right, well, we'll see when we see it. Cause we don't have, uh, interviews during the season for our podcast, but Justin, I had, uh, 
I was laying down last night and thinking about what does our coverage look like if the Giants go to the Super Bowl? I was like, oh, well, we'd have to have the reporters on in the off week and stuff like that. So I'm hoping we get to see you the first week of February because I am, I am, I am, it, I am at the phase with this New York Giants team where I'm thinking about that stuff at night. So I think we'll you have to. I mean, so. you know, everything falls into place. I think you have to. And, and look, anytime you guys want to have me on, I'm always glad to come on. I love you guys. You do great work. I appreciate you coming on my show. I know I've had both of you on, you know, mm-hmm. separately. So, yeah, I appreciate you. All right. Well, we'll see you when we see you. Appreciate you, Patty. Not a problem. Hey, Shula, you better hope I never get back in there. I will kick your ass. Hey, baby, let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Thank you, Patty, for coming on the show. Before we get out of here, we got to talk about DraftKings. You've waited all year, and it is week zero. The time has finally arrived. Arrived. College football is back. And so are the traditions, the tailgates, and the great offers from DraftKings Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can bet $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet just $5 on any college football bet. By the way, I, Untold Stories, Florida Gate, like, or Untold Stories, so out on that documentary series. Even though I enjoyed watching it, I enjoyed reliving that. So it's like, yeah, I, I enjoy it. But it's like, you guys just suck at your job. Kick off the season with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code WORLD. New customers can score $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet just $5 on any college football bet. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code WORLD. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In partnership with Hollywood Casino and Charlestown, races all games regulated by the West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, Kansas, 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible, uh, responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at Sportsbook.DraftKings.com slash football terms. You'll be glad you did. Justin, I got really excited talking about the Super Bowl. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like you know what happened to me? It wasn't like a, this year we're going to the Super Bowl. I had a, I think we're going to be going to the Super Bowl soon. Like, I think it's going to happen. And I thought about my preview pod speech, how what oh, we do for content stop. that week, everything. I'm telling you. I'm telling I te- you. I texted you with the Super Bowl idea, and you came back with the really sassy reply with me. What was your idea again? I forget. Oh, it was Oh, it was for America's game. That oh, yeah. Whenever we win the Super Bowl, because you don't just go to the Super Bowl, you win it. That's what the Giants do. Forget 2000. Um, that's what we do. So when there's America's game, I said that for the premiere, we should have a watch party. Um, that was my idea to Bobby Skinner. You replied a very sassy. It's like, yeah, we'll do that when we win the Super Bowl. I felt I felt the sarcasm coming through text. It, it was sarcastic. So yeah, and and um, now it's like, and now you want me to kiss your feet because you're talking. Well, I didn't. About say, I, didn't say, I didn't guarantee a win. I just think we're going to be. Oh, you, can, you can't. You can't AFC. talk about going to the Super Bowl and not be. Can't do that. Poor part of my argument is the NFC is. is now, I do believe we'll win, but I'm not... You know, Can you imagine recording that podcast? I even had it. Like, you know, we almost beat the Chiefs two years ago with Joe Judge and... like Stupid O'Shane Zimenez. Um, we right, that's an episode. So, so go ahead. We would have beat the Chiefs if it weren't for O'Shane Zimenez. I uh, hope also everybody had a fun time at FanFest. Yeah, I forgot about that. <clears throat> uh, we'll, be back, right now. <laughs> we'll be back with the pod uh, recapping 
um, the preseason game on Sunday morning. Uh, we'll do. I we, we had four ads, so we couldn't get the Patreon at, uh, this week. So we'll we'll get that on the next pod. So we appreciate you guys. We'll see you then. Until then, let's go big blue. <laughs>